0: in the series on gifts in the church and in this particular series we're looking at the spiritual gifts for we've identified three different categories of gifts given to the church the first category is the ministry gifts or are the ministry gifts um, which are in uh, listed for us in the book of ephesians chapter 4 which is apostle prophet evangelist pastor and teacher and then 1 corinthians chapter 12 lists also the apostle, the prophet and the teacher and then some other uh, ministry gifts as well. Um, and then the other category of gifts which we haven't looked at in any deep depth are the functional gifts. And this particular category we said um, is pertains to every single member of the body of Christ, for every single member in the body receives one functional gift from the Lord in order to function in the body of Christ. And um, we didn't touch on that in any depth. Uh, we'll uh, touch on that in another series of teachings, but in this particular uh, series, we've been going through the spiritual gifts, and we're not dealing with the spiritual gifts in depth as such. We're dealing with uh, the operation of the spiritual gifts and what they're all about and uh, how they operate. And um, in this particular teaching that we're going to finish off today, we're looking at how do how we do operate in the spiritual gifts and. Um, we started this teaching in the, the previous one and we had a look at the fact that the, we need to learn to differentiate when it comes to operating in the spiritual gifts we need to learn to differentiate between um, our daily living faith and the spiritual gifts themselves and um, all of the gifts operate by faith it's only by faith that we can operate in the gifts for even as the just shall live by faith so it is that we can only do Um, operate in the spirit realm by faith and so we identified the difference between daily living faith and the gifts of the spirit from the point of view of we looked at mark 16 where our lord said um, let me just quote it: verse 17 and 18 and these signs will follow those who believe so this is not these signs will follow those who are operating in the gifts of the spirit this these signs are pertaining to every single believer in the body of christ Every a member of the body of Christ can expect these signs to follow them um, in their daily walk with the Lord. And he said, in my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. And so we said that these are the signs that are, all believers should experience in li- in life, uh, which we have the authority given to us by our Lord to cast out demons. We do speak in other tongues, those of us who have been filled with the Holy Spirit um, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And our Lord said, we uh, will lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. And so in our operation in faith, we are able to cast out demons and lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. But that's not operating in the gifts of the spirit so there is a a gift of the spirit called um, gifts of healings now one who prays for another individual by faith in order for that individual to be healed is not operating in the gifts of healings but in fact is just operating in faith Um, and there is a difference between operating in faith and operating in the gifts of and We did the, the, the comparative between Philip's ministry and uh, when he went into the city of Samaria and multitudes were healed uh, in his meetings. Um, multitudes of those who were paralyzed and lame and many who had were demon-possessed had demons cast out of them. Now the reason that Philip could minister to multitudes and get them healed was not because he was operating in uh, faith in simplistic faith as at Mark 16, but he was operating in the spiritual gift called the gifts of healings. And that is why he was able to minister the the power of God, the anointing of God, to multitudes. Whereas Mark 16 pertains to the individual saint ministering to another individual on a one-on-one basis. And so it's the same healing power we said, it is just the, um, a greater degree of anointing. And so one who has uh, begins to operate in the gifts of the Spirit um, operates in a greater dimension of the power of God. That's the, pretty much the difference uh, between operating in faith, simplistic faith, and operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And then we said it's important for us as believers to know just what gift the Holy Spirit does give to us. Because unless we know what gift He's imparted to us, we cannot then exercise our faith to walk in that gift. Um, Because, you know, we just have no idea which gift we've actually received from the Lord. And so it's important for us as believers to know what gift the Lord, in fact, has given to us. And then we saw that when we do receive a gift from the Holy Spirit, whatever gift it might be, and we're obviously talking about the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit as listed for us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, which is the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, discerning of spirits, uh, working of miracles, gifts of healings, gift of faith, prophecy, diverse kind of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Those nine gifts are listed for us in uh, that passage of Scripture. And so we said that when an individual does in fact receive any one of the spiritual gifts from the, uh, the Lord, from the Holy Spirit, um, at the same time what happens is that the Lord imparts his faith to us to operate in that gift. Now that faith that we receive is pertains only to that spiritual gift. It does, you cannot, that faith cannot be used in our daily living faith, in our, in our daily walk as believers that in our daily walk as believers where the scripture says the just shall live by faith that is uh, the faith that is imparted to us when we're born again that is the gift that we receive for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves that is the gift of God and so that specific gift of faith is given to every single believer each one of us receives exactly the same measure and that faith can be increased the Bible teaches us to increase in in that faith so that we can we can have a greater um, anointing upon our lives as believers. We can do a lot more as Christians as we grow in, in that faith. But with regards to the faith that is imparted to us when we receive our spiritual gift, that faith remains exactly the same for that gift and uh, we, that faith doesn't grow it stays at the same level unless the holy spirit says okay i'm going to move you up to a, a deeper level and therefore he uh, increases our level of faith to operate in that gift but that faith that we receive from him is, pertains purely to that gift and uh, which is why we said it's very important for us to know which gift we receive from the lord um, and also we spoke about the different measures that are given Uh, To one who has received uh, spiritual gifts from the Lord. And we looked at Romans chapter 12, verses 3 to 6. Paul writing, he says, For I say, through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Having then gifts differing, in verse 6, sorry, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Let us use them, in prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. And so we said that there are different levels of spiritual gifts that are given. So uh, we, we did the equation between uh, two who had received the, the, the gift of prophecy, um, and we equated Agabus with another individual in the body of Christ uh, who is purely a layman in the body of Christ, And both prophesied, but we saw that Agabus would prophesy with a greater degree of anointing and had a greater uh, level of faith to operate in that specific gift, whereas the layman would only prophesy at a certain level using the faith that had been imparted to them for their gift. And uh, you'd have to go back and just uh, pick up on the the previous teaching to get a, a better understanding of the concept. But it does help to to understand the concept because it just makes it that much easier for the individual to then begin to flow in the gift that the Lord's given to them because they recognize, well, this is the gift I've received and this is the the level of faith I can operate in that gift. And then you flow in that. And as we said, it's it's, um, it's a very natural outworking of the Spirit in that instance. There's no striving to to walk in uh, that particular gift because it's God's gift, it's God's faith, and the individual is just uh, responding to the Holy Spirit. And then we said that uh, when we receive our gifts from the Lord, whichever one we do, um, we're to be good stewards of those gifts, and we're to minister those gifts to the body of Christ. We said that gift is never given to the individual Um, in order to glorify the individual within the body of Christ. But the gift is given to the individual to minister that gift to the body of Christ so that she may be edified. And so that's what the spiritual gifts are there for, for no other purpose. They're not there for the individual. They're there for the church. And we as believers who receive um, gifts from the Lord are to be good stewards of those gifts. And so that brings us up to speed with what we want to touch on today. And specifically, I want to look at the the topic of who actually does operate uh, the spiritual gifts that we receive. Because we have seen in Scripture so far that the individual does receive the gift from from the Holy Spirit. He imparts his spiritual gift to the individual. And so when a person has received the gift, whatever spiritual gift it might be, of the nine, um... When the Holy Spirit imparts that gift to the individual, we want to now understand: Well, does the individual now control the gift, or is it the Holy Spirit that controls the gift? Um, because if it is the individual who controls the gift, well, then it's quite—it's it, possible, and obviously it's—it's it's mandatory then, I suppose. That uh, we then exercise that gift when and how we choose. Uh, we've received the gift from the Lord, and so uh, we, to be good stewards of that gift, we can activate that gift as and when we choose. Um, and uh, the Holy Spirit would then be uh, kind of um, falling in line with what we want Him to do. But that's not what the Scripture teaches. The Scripture teaches us in reverse. And so even though the individual does in fact receive the gift, um, the spiritual gift from the Holy Spirit, it is still the Holy Spirit who actually manifests that gift through the individual as and when he wills and also as and how he wills. And so it is up to the individual member of the body of Christ to be um, a fellow laborer together with the Holy Spirit in this area. And so to be sensitive to the moving of the Holy Spirit and to then uh, cooperate with him as and when he chooses to uh, make his gift manifest. And we can look at uh, an example um, of the gift of the word of knowledge. Let's just look at that as an example. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, <coughs> God is omniscient. He knows everything. Uh, he has all knowledge. Um, but now one who receives the gift of the word of knowledge does not now receive God's knowledge. So it's not a case of, well, I have now received the word, gift of the word of knowledge, so I know everything just as God knows everything, not at all. Um, what God does is he imparts to the individual a very small portion of his knowledge. And when I say small, it's minuscule in comparison to the, the knowledge, the depth of knowledge of Almighty God. And so... Um, It's not a case that when the individual has now received this particular gift from the Lord that they are now able to um, know all things. They don't. They can only only know that which the Lord imparts to them. Now when God does impart a word of knowledge through the Holy Spirit uh, to this individual who's got this gift residing on the inside of him. So let's say um, I've, I've received a gift of the word of knowledge from the Holy Spirit so I know that in residing on the inside of my spirit is the spiritual gift called the gift of the word of knowledge. Now, when the Holy Spirit does impart a word of knowledge to me, it'll always be supernatural. So I, that which I the Holy Spirit reveals to me is something that he, I can only know supernaturally. It's not something I can know in the natural. And so I will know about an individual, about an occasion, about something, but it will be revealed to me by the Holy Spirit and it will be, be something that will be completely supernatural. It is uh, not something that can be known in the natural. Um, so let's just have a look at an example. We'll have a look at our Lord Jesus uh, uh, operating in this particular gift as an example because it's, it's really ir- very illustrative to us of how this gift actually works. Um, In John's Gospel, John chapter 4, beginning of verse 16, uh, the scripture says, Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one who you now have is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. Verse 19, the woman said to him, Sir, I perceive you are a prophet. And so, our Lord Jesus—we know the story. Our Lord was on the road down to Galilee. He stops off at the town of Sychar. He stops it, uh, off at Joseph's well, and he's waiting there, um, weary from his journey. One of the disciples go into town to buy food, to eat, and this woman comes to draw water at the time. And so, our Lord begins uh, a conversation with her, and in his conversation. The Holy Spirit then reveals to our Lord certain things about her. Now, our Lord's never met this woman before; He doesn't know her at all, at all. And we must, we need to understand that when our Lord Jesus walked the earth, He walked the earth as the Son of Man, not as the Son of God. So He operated in the gifts of the Holy Spirit just as we operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But obviously, he had a great, far greater degree of anointing, and He operated in all of the gifts. Um, in in a manner that none of us get to operate in because we are pretty limited in what we have access to. Our Lord had full access to every aspect of the Spirit of God. But nevertheless, our Lord only knew what He, what he spoke to this woman about her life via the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit gave our Lord Jesus Christ these words of knowledge about her, about the fact that she uh, has had five husbands, and she's living with somebody now, and that person's not her husband. And so our Lord uses that knowledge to tell, to show the woman that she's having an encounter with God. And remember we said right at the outset of this uh, series of teachings that one who operates in the gifts of the Holy Spirit um, is in fact, it's the Holy Spirit making himself manifest through that individual. And so when we have an encounter with somebody who's operating in the gifts of the Spirit, In fact, we're having an encounter with God, God the Holy Spirit, because He is making Himself manifest. So in this instance here, the Holy Spirit imparts this information to our Lord, just a small word of knowledge. Our Lord then uses that word of knowledge to show this woman that she's having an encounter with God. And she responds, she says in verse 19, the woman said to him, Sir, I perceive you are a prophet. And so that is really one of the main reasons why the gifts of the Holy Spirit are made manifest, especially outside of the church, is so that the individuals who are encountering the gifts of the Holy Spirit be made manifest through the saints are recognizing whoa, God is actually real, that I'm, uh, you know, I'm having an encounter with, with God through this particular person. And so she recognized, and so she straight away says, I perceive you're a prophet. So she, she's now more receptive to hear from the Lord what he has to say, because she's now just been taken into the supernatural realm, um, and this is now, she's not talking to a normal man now. She's realized she's talking to a prophet of the Lord. And so that's when, when, when saints operate in the gifts of the Spirit outside of the world. And we're meant to. We're meant to operate in the gifts of the Spirit both in the church and outside of the church. Um, but when we do operate in the gifts of the Spirit outside of the church, it is so that those who we encounter can recognize that they're actually having an encounter with God. And now they can um, be more receptive To what? To the gospel being preached to them, uh, being witnessed to them, so that they can be brought into the kingdom of God. It's never that the Holy Spirit makes himself manifest through the saint outside, just so that people can be blessed, because God's really more interested in people coming into the kingdom of God than for people to be blessed. Uh, But uh, it's kind of a digression. Anyway, So that's exactly how this particular gift operated in our Lord Jesus at that time. Um, Because as we said, the Lord didn't know this woman, he'd never met her, and the Holy Spirit made this information available to the Lord. Now it was supernatural. Jesus knew nothing about this woman, but the Holy Spirit made that information available to the Lord and our Lord then used it to minister to her so that she could... um, uh, witness to about the things of the kingdom of god and she became a believer in fact that whole town uh, a lot of that time then uh, became followers of christ as a result of this particular encounter um, but we were the question so that's how the the gift of the word of knowledge operates it's not the individual the individual jesus didn't uh, come up with the knowledge himself that knowledge was imparted to him by the holy spirit um and we, now we need to also understand, did Jesus ask the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit then revealed? Um, well, let's have a look at some scripture along that line, because we're trying to answer the question, who operates the gift of the Spirit? Because there, um, there are instances where there are powerful manifestation of this type of, of mm, well, supernatural manifestation in, in people operating in the church, and it's not the Holy Spirit, and we need to understand why we can say that. So let's have a look at a scripture in the Old Covenant, which illustrates the point to us quite clearly as to who actually operates the gift. Is it the prophet, in our, case, our Lord's case, he was a prophet at that time, uh, walking in that ministry gift? Um, obviously, our Lord, we said, had walked in all of the ministry gifts, or was it the Holy Spirit that, that, that initiated that word of knowledge in our Lord's life? Let's go and look at the scripture in the Old Testament, which is 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 27. Scripture says, Now when she came to the man of God at the hill, she caught him by the feet, but, but, but Gehazi came near to push her away. But the man of God said, Let her alone, for her soul is in deep distress, and the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told, uh, told me. And so this is Elisha the prophet. Now, this woman is a, a, a person that he knows very well. Uh, he he used to, When he used to go past her town, because um, Elisha would go around in the various towns ministering, he, was to stop, he would stop over in that particular town. Her, her and her husband had uh, put a guest room upstairs for him, and he would stay in the guest room. And he had actually been used of the Lord to bless her with a son, because she had been barren up until that time. And her son had subsequently died. Now, she had come seeking the prophet's help because you know she wanted her son to be raised from the dead. That's what she was actually asking for. She didn't say it, but that's what she came to the prophet for. Now, when she comes to the prophet Elisha, um, Elisha operated in the gift of the word of knowledge. All prophets under the old covenant operated in the gift of the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom because it, it was... A requirement, if you wanted to find out from the Lord what you should be doing in life, you went to the prophet because nobody had access to the Spirit of God except the prophet of God. And so they, um, in 1 Samuel 9.9, you can go read it and you'll see that that was the norm under the Old Covenant, that if you needed guidance or you needed a word from the Lord, you would go to the prophet. So the prophets operated in those in those giftings because they would be able to say to you, thus saith the Lord, because God would then give them a word. But in this particular instance over here, uh, Elisha doesn't get anything from God. For he says here, um, but the man of God said, let alone for a soul is in deep distress and the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. So clearly Elisha, is wanting to find out from the Lord why is this woman come here she's clearly in, in deep distress she doesn't tell Elisha why she's come um, because he asks her you go read the passage is it well with you is it well with your husband well with your son and she just keeps saying well 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 all the time so now Elisha's is a, a bit confused because she you can see she's very upset um, and she, what she's told him in the natural is that everything's fine so now he's trying to find out from the Holy Spirit, okay, what's going on here? You know, what is her problem? And the Holy Spirit doesn't reveal it to him. The Holy Spirit gives him nothing. Now, if it was Elisha who was operating the gift himself, well, then he could have uh, pressed the right button, whatever the button that is, and the Holy Spirit would have imparted that knowledge to him. Because clearly he was seeking that knowledge. Um, but he said, "The Lord's hidden it from me. And he hasn't told me." And so. Elisha, um, we see from this passage that the prophet didn't operate the gift. The prophet uh, was open to the Holy Spirit to be used of the Holy Spirit as and when the Holy Spirit chose to make himself manifest through the prophet. But it wasn't a case of the prophet now made requests and the Holy Spirit was then obliged to give the prophet the information he needed. Not at all. It was a case of the prophet was, Lord, I'm, I'm, I need to hear from you, and I'm waiting upon you. And there was silence. The Holy Spirit said nothing. and So the prophet said, you know, can't do anything. He couldn't respond. And now obviously you go read the passage, uh, it comes out actually what did happen, and he, uh, Elisha heals her son. But the point that I wanted to bring across from this passage is that it's very clearly illustrated to us that it is not the one who has the gift that operates the gift. It's the Holy Spirit in the one who has the gift that operates the gift. And the one who has the gift is meant to just be open to the moving of the Holy Spirit and make himself available to the Holy Spirit when he wants to manifest his gift. It doesn't work the other way around. Uh, we work for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't work for us. That's how the gifts of the Holy Spirit in fact, operate. Um, let's have a look at a, another account, and now we'll look at our Lord Jesus again. Uh, Mark chapter 2, verse 8, the scripture says, But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, Why do you reason about these things in your heart? Now, if you go read the passage of scripture, you'll see the context here is our Lord had just um, forgiven the young man his sins. And the moment our Lord said that, the Pharisees were sitting in the room, said in in their hearts, in their inner man, this guy's blaspheming because only God can forgive sins. How can he say what he said? So they don't say it out in the natural. They say it inside of them. Now, (coughs) Our Lord Jesus doesn't know what they say in their hearts that's not something that he knows. Because don't forget our Lord Jesus is also operating in the gifts of the Spirit. But what happens is the Holy Spirit knows exactly what the the Pharisees have said in their hearts. And the Holy Spirit in that instant chose to reveal to our Lord Jesus in his spirit what they had just said. And so that's why the scripture says, but immediately when Jesus perceived where, in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them. So the Holy Spirit made that information available to the Lord supernaturally that's the word of knowledge now and the Lord then uses that to speak to them and to teach them uh, about the fact that in fact God has given authority to the Son of Man to forgive sins Um, and so he used that in that discourse so it's exactly the same thing that transpired at the well in Sychar. Jesus didn't know what she uh, had done Holy Spirit chose to reveal that to the Lord and our Lord then used that to minister to her Uh, Again, uh, our Lord didn't know what the guys were thinking who were sitting in the audience around him. The Holy Spirit did, and the Holy Spirit chose to reveal that information to our Lord. And so our Lord perceived that. When he did, he then used that to minister to them. And so that's how the gifts operate, even with our Lord Jesus. um, Our Lord Jesus didn't initiate the gifts. Our Lord Jesus couldn't say to the Holy Spirit, you know, I want to know what everybody's thinking. And so the Holy Spirit was then obliged to make that known. And what went the other way around? Our Lord Jesus was open to the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is the one who initiated um, that particular gift in our Lord Jesus at that time. Let's look at another passage of Scripture that again highlights the constraints placed upon our Lord Jesus when He was on the earth in operating in the gifts of the Spirit. And that is in Luke chapter 8, beginning at Verse 45. The scripture says, And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitudes throng you and impress you, and you say, Who touched me? Verse 46, But Jesus said, Somebody touched me, for I perceive power going out from me. Verse 47, Now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling, and falling down before him, she declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him, and how she had was healed immediately. Verse 48, and he said to her daughter, be of good cheer, your faith has made you well, go in peace. And so here our Lord Jesus Christ, we know the, the, the context again, the woman with the issue of blood. He's on our, he, our Lord's on his way to go and heal um, uh, Talitha, and well, she didn't get raised from the dead, but at that time he was on his way to heal her. The woman with the issue of blood comes behind; she touches the hem of his garment, for she says, "If I can touch but the hem of his garment, I shall be made well." And when she does, power—the the healing power of the Holy Spirit—goes out of our Lord Jesus and into her body and heals her instantly. Now, when that happens, our Lord is walking completely oblivious to what's happening with this woman behind her. so He doesn't. Know what's going to happen. He's walking along and he just perceives power going out of him. So now something's triggered that power to be released through our Lord Jesus. And our Lord stops. And so he looks around and says, Somebody's touched me. And you know, the disciples are saying, But Lord, everybody's touching you. And you know, the people were touching him out of curiosity and just bumping into him because the people were thronging him. They all wanted to go see this miracle that he was about, about to perform. But Jesus um, says, no, 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 somebody's touched me because power's gone out of me. I I perceive power going out out from me. And he's looking around now to see who touched him. So if our Lord Jesus was uh, operating the gift of the word of knowledge, then he would have known who it was straight away because he would have said, Holy Spirit, um, tell me who it is, and the Holy Spirit would have been obliged to tell the Lord Jesus, it's that woman over there. And so the Lord would have said, oh, you touched me. Um, and that's how it would have played out. But it didn't play out like that because now Lord Jesus, the Bible says, um, but Jesus but Jesus said, uh, let me just go through, sorry, and Jesus said, who touched me? But we when all denied Peter and those said to him, Master, throw me to touch you. But Jesus said, somebody touched me. Um, in another, in another, in uh, another, uh, gospel account the bible says and he was looking around to see who who had who had done this thing and so our lord clearly wanted this information he wanted to know and so you know if our lord was operating the gift he could have said to the holy spirit as i said you know holy spirit just point out the person to me and the holy spirit would have done that but that didn't happen that way so the holy spirit did not make that information available to the lord even though clearly our lord wanted that information um And uh, what happened is the woman came forward and she confessed, and so it's you. And then he blessed her. He said, You know, daughter, your faith has made you well. Uh, Be of good cheer. But the point that I wanted to make uh, in this passage uh, is to highlight that even our Lord Jesus Christ did not operate the gift of the Holy Spirit. This gift of the Holy Spirit. Uh, is only uh, only made itself manifest through our Lord as and when the Holy Spirit chose to make itself manifest. Now our Lord Jesus was completely in tune with the Holy Spirit and completely um, open to the gift of and moving of the Holy Spirit. And so never once did our Lord Jesus ever quench the moving of the Holy Spirit. And so you know, he operated in the gifts of the Spirit all the time uh, because the Holy Spirit does want to minister all the time as much as he can. And so, but in this particular instance, the word of, gift of the word of knowledge was not manifested through our Lord's ministry, even though clearly he wanted the information. The Holy Spirit did not impart that information to him. And so, it, it, again, we're just kind of highlighting this truth that we don't operate the gift of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit operates the gift of the Spirit. We are merely custodians of that gift and we're meant to be vessels available to Him to be used by Him if and when He chooses. That's the relationship that uh, we have with the Holy Spirit in the operation of the gifts of of the Holy Spirit. It's not the other way around. The Holy Spirit does not work for us. So we don't make demands on Him and then He's obliged to show up and start performing. It doesn't work that way in the kingdom of God. God is God. We are his servants in this area. Let's have a look at another scripture uh, along this line. And we've dealt with this one before, but it, it's a very pertinent passage because it again just highlights the truth for us as to who operates the gift. It's not us, it's the Holy Spirit who operates the gift. And let's read the passage, we'll comment on it. Acts chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. Scripture says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. So he gave him his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Verse 6. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, But what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And so, a very, very clear instance of how the gifts work is in this passage. Because Peter had received the gift of faith by the Holy Spirit, uh, when he was baptized in the Holy Spirit, I suppose, um, but and also give some healings. Peter and John, we said, had gone past this individual. I don't know how many times. It uh, could have been up to a hundred times, maybe more. And, you know, because Peter and John would go to go to the temple to pray at least twice a day, maybe even more, and they'd been going to the temple for, for the last number of weeks. And this chap was laid there every single day asking of alms. So Peter and John walked past this chap every single day. At least twice a day. And never once. I guarantee you they must have given alms when that did happen. Never once did Peter and John say, should we pray for this guy? Should we lay hands on him? Let's perform a miracle. Nah, not today. Today's not a good day. Uh, Weather's not too good. So we'll come back, we'll try again some other time. Not at all. They just, you know, carried on doing their thing but on this occasion Holy Spirit m- moved upon Peter and Peter recognized the gift of, the, of, of faith, recognized the gift of healing and then um, responded by allowing the Holy Spirit to use him to minister healing to this individual. It wasn't Peter, it was the Holy Spirit who initiated the gift to be made manifest. Peter completely yielded to the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit said, I want you to do this, Peter was there, ready to go, because Peter was always, Lord, I'm available to you. Whenever you want to use me, however you want to use me, I'm ready to be used by you. But it wasn't the other way around. So Peter wasn't the one who was deciding, well, today's a good day, I'll heal the guy. Not at all. It was the Holy Spirit who moved upon Peter at that time, and Peter uh, responded by being used of him. By being a vessel open to uh, the moving of the holy spirit and so that brings us to the, this passage of scripture 1 corinthians 12 11 it says but one and the same spirit works all these things distributing to each one individually as he wills and so the gifts of the spirit are manifested by the holy spirit as he wills it's not up to the individual to say lord uh, today is a good day for the word of knowledge, so I'm going to go out and I'm going to start giving out words of knowledge, and you know you can just come along with me. And as I choose people, so you, you'll give me those words, and I'll just speak them over their lives. Not at all. It does not. The gifts of the Spirit do not work like that. The gifts of the Spirit work on this wise: Lord, I'm available to you. I know you've given me this particular gift, and however you want to use it, whenever you want to use it, I'm available to you. And so as we go through life. So the Holy Spirit says, okay, I want you now to minister that gift to an individual. A uh, gift of the Word of Wisdom operates through my ministry quite often. And one of the instances, a uh, chap walked past me and the Holy Spirit said, I want you to witness to that person. That's the gift of the Word of Wisdom. I didn't know the person. I went to the person. I just spoke to him, gave his heart to the Lord straight away. And so that's how, because the Holy Spirit knew that he, that person was right for the kingdom of God. And I just had to say a few words and he came into the kingdom straight away. And so that's how the gifts operate. Not us, Holy Spirit in us operating the gift through us. And so you you kind of can understand if you're going to a church meeting, and this is where you see abuses do take place. Um, You hear somebody, the person who's ministering, saying, who wants to receive a word from the Lord? Come up and stand in in a queue and stand in a line, and you're going to get words from the Lord. And that's not God. God never operates like that. So it's not a case of I can now, uh, and I've seen it, I've seen a very powerful uh, demonstration of supernatural power being made manifest through these individuals because they are able to supernaturally tell all these individuals that have come up and in, in, in stood in a queue um, something about themselves that they could have only known supernaturally. And so people get awestruck by that think whoa, this guy's really anointed by God but in actual fact that's not God at all. It's uh, familiar spirits that are operating through the individual because Satan knows things about people all the time and so he's quite able to do that and that's what he does but the, the Spirit of God doesn't do it that way so the Spirit of God comes upon the person and the person will then say God just told me this about you but he never it's never a case of who wants to hear from God come up and form a queue and we're going to let God just speak to all of you God doesn't operate like that at all God chooses who he wants to speak to and what words he wants to give to them and when he wants to do it. doesn't work the other, other way around. Now, with regards to praying for people to be healed and delivered, that's a different story because now we do. We call people who who wants to be healed. Anybody who wants to be healed, come up, form a queue, we're gonna pray for you. We can do that, why? Because Mark 16 then kicks in, because Mark 16 is the sign shall follow them that believe. And so it is very scriptural for Cues for people to be healed, to be brought forward, and for the individual to pray for each one of them. Now, when that individual is praying for them, it might be that the Holy Spirit then begins to manifest himself through the gift of healings at that time. In certain instances, might be the whole uh, queue, it might be only individuals in that queue, and the rest he has to pray for them by faith. But that is scriptural. we can bring people up to pray for healing by faith and tell them to form a line, and also to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So Mark 16 kicks in there, but when it comes to operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, it can never be that the individual says, "Who uh, wants to?" Uh, and it's normally words of knowledge, words of wisdom, um, that that gift is then abused because um, people don't say, "Well, who wants to? Uh, who wants to get out of wheelchairs today? Bring all the wheelchairs forward, and God's going to get you all out of wheelchairs." Um, unless the Holy Spirit has unctioned that person to do that it's not going to happen so that's why they don't do that they always bring people forward to hear words of the Lord because they can then rely on the wrong spirit to manifest and he will because Satan likes to deceive the people and so it's very important for us as Christians to just recognize how the Holy Spirit works and when you see somebody operating outside of the way the Holy Spirit works, well, then you know, okay, even though it might, they might be what they're doing is supernatural, it's not the right spirit. They're not working with the Spirit of God. They're working with a, a different spirit. And uh, we need to be very sensitive along these lines, because as I say, there are some very powerful uh, demonstrations out there that uh, Christians can get deceived very quickly if they don't understand, well, 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 that's not how God operates, so... This is supernatural, yeah, without a doubt, but it's not God. It's, some, it's another spirit. And we need to be very uh, clear in our minds on this issue. Now, we ought to be fellow laborers together with God, and we're not to do the following. What's that? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19 and 20. The scripture says, Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. And so it is very possible for uh, christians and churches to quench the holy spirit now paul would not have written this to the, he wrote this to the church in thessalonica had they not started to pick up problems along this line now the problems that they were experiencing is that the church has started to despise prophecies you know they were getting prophecies every sunday most probably in their meetings and you know they just we've had enough of prophecies and paul had to now admonish that he said No, no 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 you guys don't do that If the Holy Spirit wants to speak in a meeting, then you allow Him to speak in a meeting. You don't quench the Holy Spirit. For if you do quench the Holy Spirit and you begin to despise His gifts, whichever gifts they might be, then this is the next thing that happens. Um, Revelation 2.5, our Lord speaking, He says to the church at Ephesus, Remember therefore from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. And so when our Lord is talking about the lampstand that he's going to remove from the church at Ephesus, he's talking about the anointing for the um, the seven flames of God before the lampstand before the throne of the seven spirits of God. And so our Lord is going to remove that anointing from that church if they didn't repent and do the first works and that they were walking by faith in the Spirit and allowing the gifts of the Spirit to be made manifest. And so what happens is churches... Now we'll get to the individual heart, but let's just stay with churches now quickly. Churches begin to become very structured in the way that they operate. And people like that. People like to know the church service is going to start at this time, it's going to finish at this time, and this is what's going to take place during the church service. We're going to have worship, we're going to have um, the Word of God preached, we're going to have some ministry, and then we're going to all go home. And that's structured. And so the natural person likes that. What they don't like is when the Holy Spirit shows up and says, well, 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 I'm actually the head of the church, or the Holy Spirit through the Lord Jesus Christ is in fact the head of the church, um, and I want to have my say in the in the church meeting today, and we're going to go in this direction. And so the leaders of the church should be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, guys, we, the Holy Spirit's leading us in this direction, we're going to do this. Um, and it starts to disrupt the structure and it starts to disrupt the times because now the meeting goes on a bit longer than it, it has gone on, and so my lunch preparations are starting to take a hit. And so, what happens is churches say, No, 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 this is becoming a bit uncomfortable for us. And so, they begin to put constraints on the move of the Holy Spirit, and they begin to quench the Spirit, and they begin to despise the gifts of the Spirit. Because when the Holy Spirit makes himself manifest in the meetings, quite often, um, it can seem a little bit like, uh, ca- not chaos, but it can seem... It's certainly out of out of, out of order, you know, they were, it, because the worship is going on too long now, guys. I mean, surely we should have. We've, we've done our number of songs. The time's up. We need to now move on to the next part of the program. But the Holy Spirit is wanting the worship to continue and, you know, to move into the things of God. So, that's what, where the clash comes in. You get a lot of churches that say, no, no, we're not comfortable with that anymore. And so when they go down that road and they begin to quench the Holy Spirit, begin to despise the gifts of the Spirit, well, then the Lord says, guys, I'm going to have to remove your lampstand. And that's what he does. He removes the Holy Spirit, the anointing from that church. That church then becomes a dead, di- dry, dull religious organization. Very structured uh, you, you can, you know you, where, what time you're going to start you know what time you're going to end you know what's going to happen in, in between um, but the, the Spirit of God's not there anymore He's said, you guys you, you carry on with church without me and uh, the, Holy, the Lord pulls out the Holy Spirit, that anointing leaves now that can happen in an individual's life as well, because it's exactly the same thing, when the Holy Spirit has given us a gift, a spiritual gift and we're walking down the road and the Holy Spirit prompts, I want you to go lay hands on that individual and you say lord i've you know i've got a meeting i haven't got time um, no now you've just quenched the holy spirit you now despise the gift that he's given to you if we do that often enough well then the holy spirit's going to do what he what he our lord said did to the church at ephesus he's going to pull the anointing what's the point of giving the gift to the individual and the gift is never utilized because the individual is never responsive to the holy spirit and so it's not a case of Lord, um, I'm going to be in a church meeting tonight. I'll allow you to use me then. But I today, right now, in my lunch hour. That's an uncomfortable time for me, so I'm not going to allow you. Well, now who's God? Um, the individual is dictating to God. God, right? this is. I, I can slot you in now. I can't slot you in then, uh, or vice versa. And God doesn't operate like that. We are His servants. And so we need to make ourselves available to the Holy Spirit. And so guys that really operate in the gifts of the Spirit legitimately, uh, you will find they are very, very sensitive to the move of the Holy Spirit, and they do not grieve Him in any way. They are ready to, (laughs) one way you can put it, rock and roll, as soon as the Holy Spirit says, let's do it in the heat, they're ready to go. And they they experience tremendous power gifts and, and revelation gifts all the time through their ministries. Because why? Because they are sensitive to the Holy Spirit, they understand that it's the Holy Spirit who is the one in control and not them. And that's where we need to be on the gifts of the Spirit. But now just as the Holy Spirit, we are not to quench Him and we're not to despise His gifts, so also the Holy Spirit is not the author of confusion. 1 Corinthians 14, 32, 33. The scripture says, And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace as in all the churches of the saints. And uh, again, in Ephesians 4:30, the scripture says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And so just as we can uh, quench the Holy Spirit, so we can also grieve the Holy Spirit. So how do we grieve the Holy Spirit? Well, one of the ways we do is that let me give you an example of a prophetic utterance. Okay, so you, you, you're you in a church environment and a meeting, and the Holy Spirit moves upon, upon you and he gives you a word of prophecy. But at the same time, your brother on the other side of the church has also received a word of prophecy and so has begun to speak out his word of prophecy. Well, now, it's not a case of, well, now the Spirit is coming upon me, so I will now speak out a word of prophecy at the same time and cut off the brother who's already speaking out. The Holy Spirit doesn't do that. He doesn't interrupt himself. I've had that happen to me. Uh, I've been speaking out a tongue, um, a diverse kind of tongue, and then somebody just starts uh, interpreting even before I've uh, finished giving out the tongue. And I've just known, and other members of the congregation have known that that interpretation wasn't of God anyway. But nevertheless, the point is, is that God is not the author of confusion. And so that grieves the Holy Spirit when... People begin to interrupt each other through the gifts of the Spirit. Now, it can be, as I say, that the individual has received the unction of the Holy Spirit to give a word in the meeting, but it's not the right time because they're right in the middle of worship. So the Holy Spirit doesn't interrupt the worship to speak out a word of prophecy. Um, The unction is there. And at the right time, then you step into releasing whatever the word is. And that's why the scripture says that the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. And so the prophets, although the, you know, the unction comes upon them, um, the Holy Spirit is not confused. And so he doesn't want you to just blurt it out as it comes upon you. He knows that you need to be sensitive as to when you can now bring that word. And that's kind of what we we're talking about when we not to grieve the Holy Spirit and the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. Um, and I trust you understand the difference there. That we're not to uh, get carried away with the gifts of the spirit and just say, Well, God just moved upon me, so I had to just uh, you know, respond. And that's not the Holy Spirit. He doesn't force us into anything. He allows us to use our discretion in these areas. But don't quench Him. Don't greet Him also, and also don't quench Him. Um, and that's operating in the gifts of the spirit. And that's as far as we want to go with regards to this particular series of teachings on spiritual gifts. We want to go from here on out into the um, specific uh, gifts of the Spirit. And we'll probably be looking at the revelation gifts and deal with the individual gifts of the Spirit in more detail. But we want to do in this series just highlight... Um, how to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, um, how do we cooperate with the Holy Spirit so that we can be used of Him, uh, so that we can be a blessing to the body of Christ. But we're going to end the teaching on that particular point today. Amen.